Greetings and welcome to Blunt Reflections. I am Queen Bee Divine, sharing the stories and lessons on this journey of mine. The stories may not be mainstream, but they are certainly in the stream. Take what you want and leave the rest behind. Because this is Blunt Reflection. And listen if you've got the time. Every February, I feel like I have to be a little bit more blacker. <laughs> I gotta do something. And I don't necessarily always do something for Black History Month. It's, it just feels like I need to be, do something. And maybe that's what culture is all about, being a culture, sharing your story. Um, being black in Canada, I, I'm sure it's very different from being black in anywhere in the world. Um, my experience was, I didn't realize I was black first. I realized I was poor first. <laughs> I remember going to school or playing at recess and my mom we used to shop at a place called goodwill something old something new something borrowed something blue you can find it down at the goodwill it was a secondhand shop um but in north america secondhand is oh, used as oh, it's changing now but when you go anywhere else in the world it's like who cares someone's used it great but um, my mom had gone shopping at the Goodwill and got me this t-shirt and it had Greek words on it and the, the uh, Mount Olympus picture on it. And I wore it to school because I thought, great, my mom bought me a t-shirt. Well, a little black girl came up to me and said, you're poor. And I said, why would you say that? Well, you must have got that shirt somewhere at a second-hand shop because no black person would buy that. I suddenly understood the idea of why second-hand things weren't good at the time when I was growing up. I felt bad, but I realized I was poor first before I knew I was, that black was a negative thing. It came somewhere in grade five. I went to a school called Corbett Junior Public School in Scarborough, Ontario. Woot woot, Scarborough. And I, um, I got into this fight in grade five and with a gentleman called Steve. Well, he was a boy then. And he was Greek. That has no point to the story, but I'm going to tell the story as I saw it. And, um, he, we were talking about something so pointless. I mean, what could be important in grade five, right? I don't know, but he, it resulted in him saying the word nigger. And I called him a honky and I pushed him down and he fell down and he fell in the mud. It was like a wet and muddy day, a couple of days after. And we got called to the office and you know, the typical, don't say these words, it's bad. And um, my mom had to come pick me up early. And uh, she said, my mom's a Jamaican woman. And she said, well, how are you do? And I said, well, he called me a nigger. And my mom said, how kind of boy is? In white? And I said, yeah, he's white, he's Greek. He's like, oh, so everybody that call you this name, you're going to be tough? And I said, no. Well, then what do you do? You never stoop to them, Lovell. If you answer, then of course you are one. But if you don't answer, it's not you. Don't need to fight nothing. And then she beat me when I get home. When I got home because she had to take time off work. But that's how things were, right? Being back in Canada, that's when I noticed it. That there was this word because I hadn't really heard that word before. I was I don't know, but just it never occurred to me. I I grew up in a very you know. Oh, my beginnings are so here and there. But the point is, I don't remember hearing that word, the N-word, going forward. That's what I'm going to say. Um, and uh, I don't remember hearing it. 
when I got to, um, when I moved into group homes, I, I started knowing, noticing a difference between the treatment between black and white kids. I realized how many, um, kids of different races were in the group homes because that's where I was. That's what I saw. That's what I observed. I realized the lack of social work that, social workers that represented black people. That's what I noticed. I think there was like one woman I met in the seven years I was in care. Um, government care. And I, I remember that there was a lack of that. Um, there was a lack of me understanding who I was because I left home so early that being black became whatever surrounded me, right? So I didn't have like certain influences. Um, I, going out in the world and going to school, I went to school in Hamilton, then dropped out. I totally didn't want to be that person, that black girl stereotype, and I became that one. I didn't mean to, but it just kind of happened. I dropped out of college and I was like, damn, mess that up. <laughs> but um, I, I noticed, I didn't notice that I was black, but other people treated me. You could notice that they noticed that I was black. And you begin to learn to protect yourself in a way that you didn't think you'd have to. Do you know? Um, I, I mean, I, even during school, going a bit backwards, um, dark-skinned girls weren't pretty. Oh, God, no. <laughs> You had to be light-skinned and had some long hair going on. Um, but again, I, I wasn't worried about dating then, so it wasn't a big deal. But as you grew up, you realize beauty was this thing, and dark-skinned women, which I happen to be, is not. It's changing now because the view of beauty is being opened up by so many awesome um, pioneers. Um, but uh, back then, you felt like you had to be a little better. And that's just the way it was. And I don't mind being in that position because then I don't give up. I have to try harder knowing full well that my color of my skin, regardless of I notice it, others will notice it. And I have to be that much better anyway. Um, in I, where I am now, and I've, I've had some incidents, people yelling derogatory slangs. I remember someone called my husband and I because he's a white man. Yeah, and that's a whole other story, by the way. Okay, back to the story. <laughs> someone called us a meat pie. And we both looked at each other and said, a meat pie? Well, that's new. I guess I'm the meat. <laughs> he was the pie. <laughs> um, you have to have a humor at these things. Um, I went to high school in Niagara Falls, and I was one... I was the only black person there. And there was one black, other black girl, but she was graduating, so she was barely there. But I was there, and, and I felt it. You know, I felt that I was the only black person there. And I guess because of the attitudes and the way I grew up, it didn't bother me. I just did what I did. I, I made my way, I made my point, and um, yeah, I was dating uh, someone white at the time, and that was a problematic um, mixing. Um, that's a whole different avenue when it comes to mixed relationships than being black in Canada or black anywhere. Um, I I love being black. I love I love the history. I am a maroon from Jamaica, and um, let's say has a rich history um, and a rich culture. Um, you know, Nanny Maroon. She's she was uh, quite a powerful leader in the tribe that lived and settled in Jamaica and beat the British. <laughs> I read about it. I try to learn a little bit about myself, even though I've been separated from my roots. No reason not to learn where I come from, right? Um, and I was born here in Canada and my roots are Jamaican. And they have found themselves um, starting in Africa, in um, on the Ivory Coast, if I'm correct. And um, uh, tracing all the way back to Ghana. 
um, so I have learned. So, I mean, I, I, I understand the importance of who I am and where I, I come from and, and what it is and what it means to be black. Yeah, I still have people wanting to touch my hair, <laughs> for Pete's sakes. I still have people who are curious and I'm okay because I've learned to handle um, the curiosity of who I am with grace now instead of anger. I remember one time as I was growing up, uh, a gentleman dressed in a certain getup, which they had called a certain type of people skinheads at the time, and he called me the N-word, and I turned around in this Toronto city and said, really, that's the best you've got? You can't come up with more creative things? You know how many names have been procured over time about me being who I am, negative, and you come up with that? That's the best you can do? He was stunned. He just kept walking. I'm not sure what I was thinking, but I made my point. Um, I don't think about being black every day. The people will remind you. That's just the way it goes. You can always tell when you're the only black person in the room. You can always tell what people are feeling. White people are obvious. They, they, try, not, they try to hide it, but I'm graceful about it. I'm graceful about it. I'm graceful about that everybody that needs to speak to me sometimes feels comfortable with starting with, did you know Oprah did this the other day? <sighs> I quietly smile and say, no, I don't, haven't watched her show lately. Please tell me about it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm still humored when I go to the store knowing that I, when I look for my hair products, I probably won't find them. Um, but if I do find some, I'm grateful for what they have. I realize that being who I am, I have to really define who I am with the surroundings that I have. And that's just the way life goes. I hope that doesn't make me any less black than anybody or, or anybody, anything. I think black is black. My mom taught me one thing when we were little. I remember she says, even if you have a drop of black in you, you're black. That's how they see it. If they could see on your face that you got black in you, you will be treated differently. Just remember that. Just remember that. So, I don't know if that, that helps anybody or anybody finds that interesting. It's just my journey. Um, it's just the way I have grown up. And being black in Canada is not so bad. Um, I just wish people would ask more questions instead of assuming things. Um, and I mean, I'll talk about what it is to have a mixed relationship in Canada later on. But for now, being black in Canada is not so bad. It's your freedoms to do what you had to, you need to do. Those who came before me kind of cleared a really good path um, for the most part. Um, there's still ignorance, and I tell you that, um, I still don't travel certain ways. I still kind of don't feel completely covered comfortable <laughs> in all white situations, depending where I am. But for the most part, I don't think about it, because you just hope that everything goes well and there's not some secret racist in the crowd who's just ready to take it all out on me. But other than that, Canada's a great place. Canada's a good place to be black, um or of any descent. I mean, everybody's going to have their issues. And if you're going to have an issue, eh, Canada's a good place to have an issue. Because you've got freedom of speech, they talk, people are not out doing stuff anymore. I'm not saying anywhere else is, I'm just saying. So, one love and blessings on the journey. And remember, if you want to learn about anybody, regardless if they're black, white, just ask. Because people love talking about themselves. And they love informing people. Because another informed person in the world, that's one less possible racist in the world, eh? Because what you know is what you know. Thank you for listening to Blunt Reflections with your host, Queen Be Divine. Special thanks goes out to Robert Cordelone III for the wonderful intro and outro and the music in between. Blunt Reflections podcast can now be heard on iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Anchor, Stitcher, Radio Public, SoundCloud, 
Overcast, and CastBox. Remember, spend time with those who inspire you to be the best version of you. And like Queen Bee Divine's grandfather used to say, No make no man or woman stop you from dreaming. Dreaming are your birthright. So do your birthright right and dream big. Remember to check out BecomeMagneticToday.com the online shop that gets you motivational gear and a daily reminder that the journey is all about you. One love and until next time, this is Blunt Reflection.